Hello and welcome to the True Purpose podcast. My name is Will Stewart and I'm founder of True Purpose Enterprises. We are a movement created to empower and promote future-proof business that drives both happiness and success. On this podcast, our conversations will explore what it means to lead with purpose and why this is necessary for people, planet, and most crucially, profit. If you like inspiring stories of resilience, purpose, and happiness, and biscuits, then your ears are in the right place. So today's guest, somewhat of a mystery uh, to me, because they were recommended after we launched season one. We had a lot of recommendations for people to interview on the podcast, and it was someone I hugely trust and admire who suggested this week's guest. And in most cases, this rarely works out. But in this case, it did. We had one phone call before today, and this human is also a local to us. But it was a really quite memorable conversation we had. This human told me exactly what they were doing and why they were doing it. Very simple, very direct, and very authentic. And I loved it all. So by the end of the first call, I'd asked him to come on to the podcast, and he'd said yes. So here is this week's guest, Keelan Doyle. <laughs> welcome you? welcome to the True Purpose podcast. Thanks, Will. Cheers. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So I, if I look you up on Google, this is what it will tell me hmm. about you. Oh, no. So Keelan is a music producer and sonic branding specialist, which I love that, by the way. I'm going to ask about that. Who, along with his team of underground thinkers, creatives and artists, are a group of experts in their field. They have come together to bring you a platform app first with the sensory guidance of perfume to help you self-optimize. Now that's a lot of words, and I, you know, find words confusing at times. So I've summed it up like this, right? So it's an app that uses smells but also sounds and the combination of the two to fix your brain stress and it's all purpose led. Is that fair enough? That's a that's a good conclusion of, of that, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about others then i am very positive towards wellness brands and brands that are you know helping us mentally with how much is going on how busy the world is so naturally i hear about something like others and i loved it and it's something i you know would want to promote hence why i wanted to to get you on the podcast but how would you describe it briefly to yeah to our listeners i would best describe others as a 21st century resilience platform although it has taken us three years or so to really define exactly what we are because it's been almost morphing and growing in real time as we've been building this our idea is to provide tools that help people sort of build better habits, better rituals, better routines, better mindsets. And we do that through the physical and the digital. So we have a, an app, which is kind of the, the hub of, of the brand. And then we have two functional fragrances that we've created alongside the app that kind of act as the, the, the physical priming tools that you would use on a day-to-day basis to fit into your routine, to have a positive impact on your brain. <laughs> Wicked. It's still quite confusing. It but is. the thing is... It is quite complex, mm. and I think mm. with something like this, it needs explaining and it needs refining. You know, I anything that deals with stress, I think all of us suffer stress, and we all find different ways of dealing with it. And the, the world of wellness now is 
is up there, you know, meditation and therapy mm. and music and walking in the woods. There's so many things that are trying to help us. And I think a subscription model via an app to be your sort of coach is a really good tool that a lot of people use. And I think the combination of, well, we, we spoke before about scent generally mm-hmm. and let's just let's focus on that because you have two functional fragrances two products that are available to buy and we've spoken about environment and all these sorts of things but scent particularly has an interest and it's about recollection so you can remember or smell can take you back to a place like a song can but yeah. a smell could be very memorable like I love the smell of burnt toast in the morning mm. because my dad when I was a kid he'd always on Saturdays get up make toast he wouldn't burn it he just <laughs> liked it quite burnt but you know that smell and yeah. it's like that smell in my house now if, if someone does burn some toast it brings back such positive memories so is there a, a thing about scent specifically and brain memory that is is really valuable to us as humans totally yeah it's I mean it's one of the first senses we develop. Uh, as a human so okay it's really about tapping in back to kind of connection with, with ourselves being more human and relying on our senses but with smell in particular it has a very powerful way of sort of connecting to memory and you have the olfactive system everything's kind of wired up to transport us back to you know memories that's why when you smell burnt toast it takes you back to that sort of feeling yeah. you know of, of being a child on a yeah. Sunday morning so it's super powerful and the way in which we thought about scent is as a as a kind of conditioning tool so yeah it's a way of it's kind of like have you heard of pavlov's theory you know right? yeah so it, pavlov's dog, dog right? theory yeah, yeah. Or you ring the bell on the meat and yeah the it's good so in the same respect it's it's using that the scent as a tool to prime us and give us good positive associations to well-being so uh, the more you use the scent the more you will associate the scent with that space that, that space you create for yourself and the learnings and the insights that you take doing the meditations and the practices so that you can okay. take it with you on your on your day but don't we get i think airwick would tell us we get nose blind and that's why we need rotating chemical scents pumped into our house do you not get used <laughs> to the do you not I mean, get used to the smell and then it loses its power I I would say that smell, yes, you can become familiar with a smell. Whether it loses its power or not, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think so. the way the fragrances were developed was using what they call aromacology, which is kind of looking under the hood of the brain as to how the scent has a, a, an effect, whether it's relaxing you or it's calming you. So it's more incubating the feeling that you receive or that you get into the mood when using these two scents one is to focus and one is to to relax and i mean i've had to to go deep my background is not in scent as you can yeah, probably tell. Yeah, but yeah. the crossover between scent and sound was where i found a lot of the interest in the correlations between what that can do for the mood and what that can do to sort of help rewire the brain condition yeah yeah i mean so you're almost using a scientifically developed fragrance or scent or smell to help coach your brain to do or to encourage good behavior over time yeah definitely it has kind of this this sort of a layered approach to it one is we work with Givadan on the fragrances who had spent 30 plus years developing olfactory science 
So they had run a lot of tests and studies to sort of show which which particular oils, which particular notes produce certain effects such as yeah. relaxation or focus. Yeah. And that by itself, you know, even having the, the scent there to just kind of almost change your mood as, yeah. as quick as instant as possible. Yeah. You know, when you walk into a, a lovely, beautiful florist and you smell all the flowers, it's like yeah. it puts you into a bit more of a positive. It's mood. why supermarkets put bread at the front of yeah, yeah. grocers. Yeah, yeah. Bakery, anywhere. Been around a long time. Yeah, yeah. And also there is a lot of history in there. Like aromatherapy is huge and mm. been used for centuries. And yeah, there is quite a lot. Like lavender, you know, is a, a fragrance that should help you mm. calm down and sleep, right? There's lavender infused pillows and pillow sprays and mm -hmm. all sorts of things. So it's not a new thing. I think what I loved the most about others was the combination of scent and sound. Yeah. So your background is not in smells, is it? Your background is not at all. You were yeah. a music producer. Go, let's go back, right? So yeah, yeah, sure. You left college or whatever and decided to be a music producer because I think everyone does that and yeah, then yeah. most of us fail and go and work in an office right so what was your journey yeah my journey actually wasn't as that as such it was more I'd always been a, a, around music my whole life my dad was a, a singer and in a band and like Wicked. I'd always brought up in that my older brother used to like play cassettes and I was just yeah. surrounded by music and stuff and uh yeah kind of around the point of I mean I left college and actually went on to do a lot of random jobs. I was yeah. always trying to find what, what is it that yeah. I'm, I'm trying to do? Because I was very curious. So I tried a lot of things whilst always kind of first started out DJing. So me and yeah. two, my two Lots best. of people do that yeah. unsuccessfully as well, right? Exactly, yeah. I mean, I was quite fortunate that my two best mates were also really into DJing. We used to just DJ together in, in the shed from like 13 years old, buy vinyl and not know how to mix it. Yeah. It sounded horrible. But then, yeah, kind of around college time, we did the school radio and then we started running club nights. Then we started DJing more. And then, yeah, around, around about 18, 19, I, I studied music production, studied like BTEC and that. And then I studied at college. Then I went to university to study sound design and music production, music business. And so you did it properly, the education side. Yeah. I think with something like that, like the idea of your kids coming to you and going, what do you want to be? I'm going to be a DJ or I'm going to be in music production. It's one of those, isn't it? That you think, okay, yeah. but you know, but then if, if someone's committed and, and you, you said about different jobs and not finding your passion or maybe your purpose, right. But you went through and tried other things. Then you studied seriously, right. You know, you've done a you know, proper education on this industry and then you get to the end of that and go, right, that's what I'm going to do. And then how the hell would you find a job? Yeah, Since that's you the find on LinkedIn, right? Especially in music, yeah. I still, even at that point, didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. I just was super interested and passionate about music, so I just stayed on that thread. But, but yeah, I, I guess I was always trying to find what it is I, I want to do. And then I was DJing a lot more and played some gigs in Ibiza and was starting to sort of actually see it become like real. Like, I think if I stuck at this, I could do this. Really? Um, was there a moment that you, I mean, okay, maybe doing a kick in Ibiza was a moment, but yeah. was there one moment where you thought, actually, all these dreams of the, my whole life, this could be actually a career? Was there something? I think was there it... was, yeah. It was actually in the trip to Ibiza. I used to DJ with a really good friend of mine, Sab, and we used to produce music together. But what was the magical thing about it is that we actually met randomly doing a job 
few years before we started proper DJing together in Bulgaria, uh, of all places, <laughs> completely unrelated job. And uh, we, we both discovered that we've got synergy around music, the way we thought about music, the way we expressed oh, music. And uh, yeah, we ended up out in Ibiza DJing, amazing experience playing with some DJs that we looked up to, like yeah. really amazing producers. And one of the DJs, we made a remix of his track because we knew we were going to play with him on this boat. And we remixed his track, which everyone knew of. And he played it and he was like, uh, everyone said, you know, like, not bad, motherfucker, it's not bad. Really? And it was, it was like really, really reassuring that he was confident enough to, like, in us to play the track. Yeah, that must be huge. That must be huge because there's obviously lots of, you know, shared producers and DJs that would remix, right? Yeah. And it's huge. I think it's huge in the industry anyway. Collaborations in music scenes massive now remixes yeah. but if you're an aspiring producer dj and you've taken someone else's creative work mm. their ip put your own spin on it and giving it back to them and they like it that must be you know a goosebumps moment because it's high risk right yeah 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 i definitely. hate it mate oh <laughs> right we're finished yeah we, we were we were a bit shaky when we handed in yeah. the usb stick yeah so but yeah no it turned out pretty well and and then kind of off the back of that, it gave us the confidence to, to keep producing stuff whilst working, both doing our sort of day-to-day jobs. And then we produced one one track that actually did really well, over a million plays and Spotify. And, and that kind of was when we were at a point where we were like, things actually started changing in my life as to where I was going, what I was doing. And then we took a bit more of a backseat, but we were happy because we kind of spent a lot of years like DJing and producing and having fun. But then I realized that I didn't want to be a DJ anymore. I think... I was about probably mid twenties or something, and yeah. the lifestyle, I guess, is a particular lifestyle, and I, yeah. I kind of I wanted to do something more than just. Although I love playing music to people, and that was yeah. the main reason to, to be in that environment and to see the reaction on people's faces and the shared feeling and all of this stuff. But um, yeah, I wanted to take that to the next level and actually see if there's longevity of one I can sustain nightlife for, yeah. you know, until I'm yeah. 34 or whatever but yeah a decision changed and that kind of led me on a path to career in music uh, working for companies and that's what got me into sonic branding and i worked in that for the next how many years until yeah. i set up others yeah. yeah i mean that yeah fascinating because maybe you you proved you could do it and that maybe wasn't <laughs> then enough mm. i get it right the idea of going to a nightclub now i mean we've both got young yeah, kids yeah. right so there was always going to be a change at that point. But yeah, you know, anything that's a hobby versus a a job, right? Mm. Things change. So maybe it was that you proved you could do it and then went, actually, I don't necessarily want this lifestyle. Yeah. Therefore, what are the other options? So it's a constant reinvention, which maybe when you think about others now and it this is, next yeah. thing. I think unless, you know, if I was searching for the kind of fame and the glory like yeah probably would want to stick it and do that but for me i'd always had such a profound experience producing music that's for me where a lot of hours were spent i mean i definitely done my ten thousand hours on you know just every every day probably for a good number of like several years just making yeah. music making music what what um obviously we're on the true purpose podcast and mm. we talk about purpose and it, this story is you know i find it really interesting because you're why did you get into music yeah you loved it and you were passionate about mm. it but you have a choice right you could go fame or fortune 
down that road. But was there a, the purpose for you, I would interpret from what you said, is the joy of bringing people together, the joy of being around music and that element of mm. it being your purpose of being a DJ, maybe? Was that yeah, fair? it's that collective experience of celebrating, you know, these moments of like awe and just kind of, yeah, togetherness. And it's also a way, I think, of, yeah, like transcribing ideas that I have in my head into musical form yeah. that get me excited. Yeah. So talk about what Sonic Branding? So Sonic Branding is essentially working with brands to create a more sound identity, right? Like you'd create a brand, like a brand logo, and a, logo. And a, a, a voice or a strap line. Exactly. But this is in sound. Yeah, so instead of in, in visual, it's all done in sound. So, you know, like if you think about McDonald's, you know, the. Oh, yeah. The. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, tons of companies obviously do this, but you don't actually think about it much. No. It's, it's a way of in stating the kind of cue of the brand in yes. the quickest way, like a logo does. Yeah. When you see a logo, you we see probably, I wonder if it is more powerful. Like when Nike dropped Nike and just mm. had the tick and now Adidas are doing the same with the, the triangle stripes, yeah. right? It's that power of maybe elevation of branding where you don't even need to say your word because you yeah. people recognise a logo or an icon. And probably a sound like that, yeah. The, and it was, I'm loving it, wasn't it? The original McDonald's thing. Yeah, it's not love as a logo. Da, 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 I'm loving it. And then they just now own that. And it is on everything they do, right? It's a consistent part of their brand. Yeah, I think because we're so bombarded, consumers are so bombarded all the time. You know, there's a million things to look at if you just walk into uh, anywhere or on TV or whatever you're doing, you're saturated with information yeah so what's other ways in which we can get information to people it's like oh sound like you know because you know you can't mute things unless you're wearing headphones but yeah. it's like yeah brands started becoming more savvy with how to create other ways other channels to get your attention and what sort of what brands did you work on big brands or sort of challenger brands or uh i did i actually the last sort of brand i worked with i was sort of project managing the mastercard brand so when they actually dropped the mastercard and just had the two circles yeah, yeah same thing they, they wanted to develop a sonic identity so yeah my last job was to sort of oversee that and yeah it was a very it's a very unique experience because that's actually the last job or real job i had before yeah, others real job. <laughs> and yeah that was that was quite heavy and it it was fun and exciting but it also really ended up quite deep into the corporate world and yeah know, it's it's you know, banking and finance at the end of the day. Yeah, it's only so sexy you can make it. Yeah. But it was fun and it was like, it was high pressure because obviously you've got to get it right, make the decision for the actual, like, the sound, the mnemonic you hear when you tap a MasterCard on a contactless machine, what do you hear? And I actually heard it for the first time a few few weeks ago in a restaurant when I tapped it and it was so strange that I worked on it. Yeah, well, you've listened to that billion times. Oh, yeah, yeah. And versions of it and yeah. billions of iterations of it. Oh, God. And then the final thing lands, right? Mm. Oh, it's fascinating part of marketing I hadn't really even considered. I wonder if one day you'll go around a supermarket or down a high street and there's all these noises or little ditties coming yeah. out. You can like, oh, it. man, I must go and eat a burger. <laughs> so let's go back. You know, we, we are here to talk about purpose. Yes. Others is, a, in my view, a purpose-led business. And that's what we really like to highlight. And I, why do I love purpose so much? A, my business is 
purpose-led and has been since the start. First thing I did was write the purpose and then we built a business after that. Mm-hmm. And being purpose-led is the key differentiator to be future-proofed, mm-hmm. i.e. Gen Alphas, your, your 10, 11 year olds and below will grow up into a world where the visibility of purpose, this is a good company, this is a bad company, or this company's improving the world, this one isn't, will become very clear and it will be as high on their decision tree as price. So if you are building a business that you want to last for 10 years, if you are able to articulate and talk about your purpose and it be real, that's future-proofing your business. So you have a purpose-based business today. Your background or your personal purpose, do you have a memory of where purpose was a thing? Mm, like people mm. get to a point, you need to talk about parents or influences, but you know, you had a path to maybe go and become superstar DJ, you know, rule the world and make loads of money and all those sorts of things. But your purpose probably pulled you back to the fun element of making people that moment you get as a DJ where you've put something on and people love it. Yeah. So was there something before that that drove a purpose in you or an identity or something you saw that yeah. influenced you? Yeah, I think if I if I go back my life to where I guess purpose was originated from. And I always also think purpose is something for me anyway that is constantly changing. Like yeah. I don't know if it's a static thing that this is my life purpose to be here. Yeah. I never had that. I I think it's something you go through and I think yeah it's all stems from curiosity like I need to find things I'm curious about to find a passion and hopefully from that passion I can find my purpose so when I was thinking about this the other day before coming on I was thinking about what it was when I was young that made me curious and I think there's power in imagination and everyone's got that ability to do that and I think a lot of everything stemmed from imagination so I was the youngest of like older brother and older sister and there's like 18 year gap between us so when i was oh, born okay. although i had brothers and sisters a brother and sister sorry they were already grown up and like yeah. moved out so i was yeah. kind of like a, a only child yeah so i had to find ways of occupying myself and that was like you know playing at home playing outdoors and i built this ability to use my imagination to play and to, to have fun and to do all these things wow and I was always really inspired by or surrounded by these things my dad was doing, which was, he was always, like I say, playing music, going out, gigging. He was trying to set up businesses, you know, he was working yeah. on ideas, doing some things. Like I remember when, he was, when I was younger, I didn't quite understand he was going to like Japan and he'd bring back this, some of these technology <laughs> devices that were being created out there and he was going to sell them here. And, and he was always full of ideas and all of that sunk in subconsciously yeah. into my head to kind of be curious about what's going on what, what yeah and and, and you know you had a, a clear role model mm. who was someone that was always coming up with ideas always thinking always using his imagination mm. always seeing things and we know kids they don't do what we tell them they mm. will do things we do so you know if you've grown up in an environment with a parent that is constantly like that then yeah. naturally you've you know, your biggest influence then is to be curious and have ideas and ask about things. Or well, couldn't we do it like this or that, right? Yeah, so, so all of that happened and I built, you know, a, a big list of everything I was curious about. And then I started... Well, you of, actually wrote a list? 
Yeah, I just kind of always had Wicked. had in my head Wicked. about like things that I'm really curious about, and, it, and it's a big list, you know. Yeah. And I think my my brain was quite open to a lot of things from a young age. Like my dad was my dad was a healer and a psychic as well as oh, a really? musician, and it was it was quite weird because obviously it, it's, it's not, not like it's I, not traditional. It's not traditional. Yeah, yeah that's that's a good way to say. So I was in I inherited this curiosity that then I started thinking about like things I was passionate about stem from that. So passionate about music, passionate about sound and art, passionate about idea and creativity and stuff like that. So I think that formed for me this kind of underpinning purpose that I'd only really discovered in the last four years, Yeah, um, which kind of led me to. So, uh, just... Do you think everything's come together on your journey mm -hmm. of like, because, you know, you could have been a designer, you could have been an artist, right? If you've got that creative mind and you're exploring all those things, but you found more passion in music than other creative forms, you know, you've explored that to a, a place where you've decided that wasn't what you want to do, but then everything seems to have come together. And, you know, look, you know, you started a business in a pandemic. It's crazy. It's mm. lunacy stuff. Like it's just not normal. And in years to come, people will look back on people that started business in a pandemic in history, but because it's not a normal thing. Yeah. So, you know, all those things came together. And also in, you had family, so that obviously has a big change on, on things, but also massive pressure and responsibilities. Like, why would you, you know, you're working on MasterCard, that's regular, that's mm -hmm. easy, may not be the most fulfilling from a purpose yeah. point of view. Why would you do it? Why would you start then? What was the, why? Why don't we yeah. wait? <laughs> One of my good friends actually always says that to me. He's like, mate, why did you... I'm always curious to why you decided to like leave that job. You know, it was a dream job you always yeah. said you wanted to do. You're flying to New York, you're doing all these yeah. things, you work on music. I'm like, yeah, no, I thought it's what I always wanted, but actually, I want something else, and I know what that is now. It's I need to do something for myself, and I can know my own values and my own mission yeah. now, and build something that I can share and hopefully touch people's lives, touch and help yeah. people. And that kind of that happened around just before. COVID come around and then kind of made the decision with my business partner, Chris, and yeah, then COVID hit. And the irony was that COVID kind of stopped everyone's sense of smell. Um, yeah. If you remember, and it's it was difficult developing a fragrance and choosing oh to gosh, yes. in, in a pandemic remotely. <laughs> and whilst I was developing it, then obviously we had our, our first child. So I was learning all these things for the first time. All of a sudden, dropped into the deep end with a lot of pressure but I think that's what I needed to cement the purpose that was being done I know that you have to it's not going to be easy yeah um, and maybe I it's, it's not but it can draw I mean you you said there you needed to do something that was yours or for you mm. and I think lots of founders find that I did exactly I knew I wasn't right in the corporate world I was a troublemaker I knew I had to just try it. Even if it failed, I had to do it. So I had to just leave and try something else. So there's always a driver there. And I think when you've worked for good people, bad people, and you've got a career of like things you liked and didn't like, and you've got a checklist, I, I knew that. But the second thing you said there was about helping people. And again, what, you know, maybe this is where COVID's helped because mentally, I think the collective human race mental health is a lot worse after after covid so you know helping people deal with things like stress and, mm. and other mental health issues that's the driver 
and that's what maybe got you through trying to develop <laughs> scent during <laughs> a, a pandemic where people can't smell. I mean, I haven't actually considered that. It's the, <laughs> that is that's crazy stuff, right? Yeah, especially when you don't know much about. What did Chris scent. know about scent? No, no, no. So what? Again, you, right, I get the sound thing. I can, yeah, yeah. you know, that's your. What what happened with scent and sound? I know it's a three hundred and sixty, really, but what was the combination of those two? What made you guys go? Oh, yeah, we must get a scent. Yeah. I think it actually started initially an idea in my mind of how do we create a product? That, I mean, the, the wellness market is saturated with yeah. products claiming to to solve all sorts of things yeah. and, and rid your anxiety and all these modern conditions that we have, but. I think with, with the scent thing, it was like, what am I doing in my day that I'm unconsciously, you know, uh, it's, it's a ritual. It's something I do mm. every day. And I was like, well, I've spent years waking up in the morning, getting ready. And then before I leave the house, I'd spray, yeah. usually spray perfume or something, right? And then that would leave the house and be on you for the rest of the day. And I'd listen to music as I left the house. I'd listen to ambient music. And then something just happened where I was like, well, I've been doing this for a long time. And I think when, when COVID happened, I stopped leaving the house to, yeah. to go out. Yeah, you I realised I didn't have that. And yeah, we were just, I was intrigued by that. So I started looking into the relationship of what the olfactory system does and the auditory system and what effects they have on the brain. I thought, oh, there might be something here. And then, yeah, just looked further into it. Yeah. Opened up Pandora's box and, and just found out that, yeah, we can tap back into our senses. We don't need, we don't, we don't need a thousand million supplements and, and all of these unnecessary tools but i will say like with others that the, one of the backing uh, most important things is that we're not saying that this fragrance by itself is going yeah. to cure um, cure all your problems there's work that needs to be done like that's why we created the app and the content and the philosophy and everything we work on the types of breath work and the meditations because we think this is all we're living in a very challenging environment again we go through periods in history of like safety and then yeah so how yes. do we um how do we become more resilient so that we can cope and process these difficult emotions rather than suppress them how do we actually face fear and like how do we go through in the dark without letting it burn us and come out the other end more resilient and able to cope with difficult stuff? yeah and you know since we spoke before about environment so environment breeds performance and mm where you spend your time is a thing, isn't there? The five people you spend most time with is sort of yeah. your personality, but your environment, where you spend time. And, you know, a big part of that would be the rest of your senses, the scent, you know, sound, those sorts of things is going to change your mood. Because like we've got a fireplace here and it's like, if I put the fire on, I love the scent, the sound, the visuals. It's mm -hmm. like, it's quite an all encompassing thing. Versus, say, a telly, which is also quite all-encompassing, but I'd much rather look at a fire or a fish tank than a than a telly because it's a different... You feel different. Like I put the fire on to relax, whereas I put the telly on because I want to learn or, or be shocked yeah. or entertained. So is the environment a big part of this? You With the app, this isn't just a sentence, and I think the products that you're producing look fantastic, and there is a big opportunity in consumer products to grow awareness, but... The app ultimately is is all encompassing, isn't it? And it's driven by meditations and mm -hmm. breathing techniques. Is that that's right? Yeah. So yes, but also uh, we are working at the moment to expand on that and to actually release the app as a standalone app because I think we come to realise that there's actually 
so much more we can do and like with yeah. this project it's just been evolving in real time but yeah we focus there's kind of three core areas one is there's a music library functional music albums so music we've created to kind of score moments of your day like whether you're in creative block and you've you've written that music i wasn't actually one line it yeah done. we've worked with amazing music producers from around the world yeah uh, creating some of the best ambient stuff lucky you spent all that time in the industry and had such good connections right? yeah it helped so yeah it's all these things that i reflect on it sort of guided me towards this yeah so there's there's obviously soundscapes at the core which in, in the self are meditations then there's a whole series which is kind of a somewhere between an ebook and a meditation series we work with a guy called alex ebert from america who used to be in the band called edward sharp and the magnetic zeros so he was also a musician yeah he's now got well into to philosophy and his brain is pretty incredible so we work with him on creating a series that helped you tap a little bit deeper into subjects like identity meaning status yeah. and they kind of guide you th- through almost like a, like a series and then at the end there's like an integration meditation so that's the, the deep layers of the self that you go and explore and then there's daily practices like meditations breath work and the guys we're working with on that are really creating these practices from a, the same viewpoint as us of like how do we better cope with anxiety we can never really mm. get rid of it it's part of the human experience but how do yeah. we actually cope how do we learn to control it so yeah everything's based around controlling darker feelings and darker emotions I, it's, it's balance isn't it in your brain and i i love meditation i, I find it really hard yeah and me too <laughs> it's like i bet you're better at it than me but i really i really like it because it gives you some space for balance and at the end of the day yes anxiety is real and like if you're anxious about something or nervous about something like i always get nervous for every podcast episode which I think is a good thing, embrace the butterflies, because it means it's important. And you don't want to suppress those things. And often when you look at the mental health drugs and you read about them and what they're doing, you're suppressing something rather than accepting it Mm. and recognising it and learning to balance it. Mm. And that's why I've always sort of felt with things like meditation or therapy or just talking to people or going for a walk in the woods, that's the sort of lifestyle that I think is best to cope with this incredibly stressful and difficult world that we're on yeah so i you know when we first spoke and it was like you, you just told me what you're doing it's like this is so important and so relevant for today you think about the kids that you know my kids have you know, started school in the pandemic you know mm-hmm. they're affected and it's a different world and social media and everything rah 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 yeah yeah i think i think it's like just such a relevant thing what's the ambition for others you know what's the the long-term goal yeah i mean i ask myself that a lot and i'm kind of also sometimes i i love to let serendipity kind of just do its job and that's kind of been the way of everything so far on this journey the people that are around the brand it's all been a product of serendipity and i think it's something exciting not knowing exactly where you're going to end Um, yeah definitely yeah but of course running a business you need to have that (laughs) (laughs) so the uh, the accountant doesn't like serendipity. Yes. When you're talking budgets. Doesn't really work. What's next year's budget? Well, we're just going to see what happens. <laughs> they love that. They love that as yeah. entrepreneurs, yeah. But I think really at its core, we want to build a movement in the wellness space. I think there's time to start understanding the depths of ourselves as humans yeah. and not suppress things. I think 
we want to create an ecosystem of people that resonate around this this kind of idea of building resilience because it's I think the world's only going to get more yeah. more complex with technology and what the sort of exponential curve we're on right now that we need to learn to be more human. So the goal is to create an ecosystem, which I think will be driven a lot from the app, but also supply or develop and create tools around that for people to to use that actually work. Everything we do, we, we try and validate with science as best we can. Yeah. So we work with neuroscientists to really look under the hood and see what's happening. So I think there's too much misinformation. And, and... and the less the trouble with then real data is there's so much fake data. I mean, mm. this elections that are coming up in both US and UK and actually loads of other countries and then AI mm. happening at the same time. We saw like with social media and previous elections, it's going to be absolutely bonkers in terms of how data is used, abused, shared, like to yeah. influence votes for very powerful elections. So it's always sometimes difficult to focus too much on the data as a, mm. you know, as a business, but people want the reassurance that, yeah, we spoke to scientists. It's like, they've got to just trust you as a brand and as, as a leader of a brand that there is some science behind it. Yeah. But beyond that, it's, the fluff and sizzle it's the love it's the identity and the passion to encourage people to try something and then you've got to have a good product to keep them interested definitely yeah and i think also to add to that encourage people to believe in themselves as well not have to believe in external inputs to, to actually create the change that they need i think yeah. everyone has the ability in themselves they just need to access the right tools and then allow themselves to think for themselves to mm. actually get where they need to go so yeah that's that's the aim is to, to help supply people with those tools to unlock their full potential how many people do you want to how many people yeah like how many as many as possible i think without, you... yeah again not to put a limit on it but as many as people that need this kind of this lifestyle or this system that i think we kind of help facilitate so yeah millions millions <laughs> the whole six billion people on the planet the thing is, everyone could need it, and it's how you go on that journey, and that becomes part of your purpose, mm -hmm. is that we're trying to change people's lives. Like, you know it works, right? You absolutely know that this working on these senses all around, you know it works, right? So you want to share that with other people. It's like when someone starts meditation or therapy. You know, when I, when I did therapy before, I was like, this really worked for me, so I want to tell everyone else, yeah. you should try it, right? Yeah. I mean, in, in a way, just to go almost to create a thread back to why I got into music in the first place, it was almost to spread the message, to share this, like, collective feeling. The joy. Experience, yeah. The joy. So, in a way, it's kind of, I'm still doing the same thing. I'm, I'm just kind of taking ideas and taking creativity and people I'm fascinated with, putting them all together churning out something really impactful hopefully that then could be shared with the masses wicked it's, it's got you know I, I love the idea of serendipity involved in the ambition as well because you never know where well, we meet randomly mm. and then might you know we might end up doing some stuff together i've got tons of ideas because i really yeah. love it so you never really know what's going to happen and we've run from the business now into our ninth year and it changes constantly i write objectives every year and i basically I achieve like less than 10% of them every year, but then I achieve loads of other things, right? Mm -hmm. It's just what it is. Yeah. I loved your point about resilience as well. Like we talk about resilience points in that going through really stressful situations is awful, but you do gain something from it. Like think of it as mm -hmm. resilient points. You get lots more resilience points. And 
it allows you to be better when you next face a crisis and the crises are always coming. Mm. So building resilience is a really good part of what you're trying to do with the brand. And then my other point is just about schools and education, you being a dad now, and you know, you're probably, because this is your life, you know, you're trying to teach those kids the same things and you're being resilient having ideas ego not being afraid to put up an idea that someone might laugh down there you know creative problem solving and thinking outside the box although i hate the phrase Mm. of like all those things we don't really they're not in the curriculum and i see my kids going through school and doing spellings and learning data and then applying the data to be considered clever or successful at school Mm. and i just i've got uh headmistress coming on the podcast later in the season it's like i just find the whole thing is is wrong yeah and it's like putting you and your team into schools once a term or something to talk about different things would be so much more valuable for kids that we want to bring up into a world that isn't relevant Mm. to when that curriculum was set for the industrial (laughs) year right the most important question what is your favorite biscuit and why oh yeah See, I actually had to do some research. Good, good. I'm glad you took it seriously. I, it is um, serious. I'm not the biggest biscuit eater, and I thought, well, I, might, I might upset you, so I went to a supermarket and, and tried a few biscuits. <laughs> I think, I'm, I don't know if I'm, I guess it is a biscuit. It's on the sweeter side, but it's uh, it's called Barlands or... Balsam. Balsam. Yeah. Basically a bit of shortbread with a chocolate yes, covering. So, yes. yeah, German or Austrian I thing. I think yeah. I was trying to look that way. Okay, yeah. yeah. And there's, there's one that's like, it's, it's darker chocolate biscuit. Oh, yeah. White on the top. I was quite fond of them because I'm more of a cake. So, a balsam. Yeah, we don't care about cakes in this podcast. <laughs> Move along. Right. Uh, so, balsam. So, a dark chocolate one with a white top. Yeah, I don't know. It was dark, but it was a darker shade of chocolate. This is a. This, a, this biscuit has come up actually in season one. It is an incredible biscuit, but my criticism of it is that it is more chocolate than biscuit. So yeah. whether it would get into a hall of fame or get any sort of award, I would question. Yeah, I mean things do evolve and they change with time. Maybe, they do. Maybe uh... they do. It will be. It will be reviewed. It's a great choice. <laughs> my other issue is the dunkability factor in that. There's too much chocolate that would drip into a tea and things uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, untested actually on, on my end. But then again, I'm not a fan of. Yeah, that's biscuit. fine. Not everyone is. The reason why I probably don't is because my brother. I was always a fan of peanut butter sandwich being dunked over a biscuit in a tea, which oh, is well, a bit that's weird. Vile. So yeah. Um, but you know, fair enough. Is it? Look, it's a great biscuit. I just want to say massive thank you for coming on the podcast. It's fascinating. I think you've got such a good business and such a good brand and one that will evolve and develop in its fully purpose-led. And I think you're someone that can understand where your purpose came from and then apply it to a business. And then that just becomes part of the DNA of what you're doing. So thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Will. Massively appreciate it. Wicked. So at the True Purpose podcast, we are building a community of purpose-led leaders. We want to be part of the revolution to a true purpose-led economy through inspiring every professional to be more purposing. To the humans that listen to this podcast, thank you. You're helping build a more purposey business future. We love hearing your feedback and reviews do make a big difference. It's going to take us years, maybe decades to get there, but change is happening.